Can you endure martyrdom? Can you endure martyrdom? Our text this morning is going to be drawn from Acts chapter 7. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we ask your blessing upon us this morning. We pray that you would enliven us and enrich us according to your word. We pray that you would help us to do it, for we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. In my eighth grade science class, the teacher said, We know that the world came about through random evolutionary processes billions of years ago. A lone student named Mimi said, I don't believe that. I believe God created the world. Our entire class spontaneously exploded with derision like a a rowdy, hostile crowd at an old-school stump debate. We couldn't believe that anyone would be so stupid, so backward, but Mimi refused to budge against the pressure of the crowd. This morning, we'll examine a deacon in the early church who likewise refused to budge in the face of a hostile mob. As we see in the book of Acts, that Christians stand against the crowd. Christians stand against the crowd. Go ahead and open up your Bibles to Acts chapter 7. We're going to begin in verse 55. Acts chapter 7, verse 55. Continue our journey through the book of Acts. We saw that on the day of Pentecost, the Spirit was poured out. And these 120 in the upper room go forth and preach the gospel. And the Spirit moves and converts thousands, and thousands more enter into the church. So that by the time we get to chapter 7, the Christians may have made up a very significant portion of the population of Jerusalem. They become a real threat now to the religious structure of Israel. And so a persecution begins, and a deacon named Stephen is put on trial. Verse 55, But he, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Now the background is this. In Acts chapter 6 and verse 8, it says this, And Stephen, full of grace and power, was doing great wonders and signs among the people. Then some of those who belonged to the synagogue of the freedmen, as it was called, and of the Cyrenians and the Alexandrians and those of Cilicia and Asia rose up and disputed with Stephen, but they could not withstand the wisdom and the spirit with which he was speaking. Does this sound familiar? This is what happens to Jesus. This is what Jesus does. Friends, when you walk in the path of Jesus and the Spirit fills you, you will act like Jesus does but the world will react to you the same way they did to Jesus as well. We see that this deacon here is doing great wonders and signs among the people. He's preaching the word of God with power and it's stirring up opposition. People come to debate him, but they can't overcome his arguments in the spirit. And so they're frustrated. Verse 11, back in chapter 6, Then they secretly instigated men who said, We have heard him speak blasphemous words against Moses and God. And they stirred up the people and the elders and the scribes. And they came upon him and seized him and brought him before the council. And they set up false witnesses who said, This man never ceases to speak words against the holy place and the law. For we have heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth will destroy this place and will change the customs that Moses delivered to us. And just like Jesus, the crowd is stirred up. They get angry. They stir up the mob. 
They get the religious leaders of Israel stirred up, and he's brought before the council, the 70, the Sanhedrin, the leaders of Israel. He's put on trial, and notice what they do. They're not content to bring what they think is the truth, but they actually pay off liars who bring false testimony. And at the center of their charge against Stephen is he's trying to destroy the law of Moses. He's taking a stand against Moses going on to 6, 15 through 7, 1. And gazing at him, all who sat in the council saw that his face was like the face of an angel. And the high priest said, are these things so? Isn't that interesting? His face was like the face of an angel. Now see, the problem is we read this after the Renaissance and we think angels, right? They're little fat babies flying around with wings, right? What does the Bible say about the face of an angel? It's a frightful thing. It often seems to glow. It takes on the light of God. Who does that sound like? Here's a charge against Stephen. You're trying to destroy the law of Moses. You're coming against Moses. But Stephen looks like Moses. When Moses went up upon the mountain, when Moses would meet with God in the tabernacle, and when he came out from the presence of God, the Shekinah glory of God was transferred over to him. His face would glow for a while. The people were frightened of seeing Moses' face, and so he wore a veil over his face. We see that Stephen here, being charged with coming against Moses, looks like Moses. And so Stephen boldly preached Jesus to a hostile crowd. Friends, when you know what God wants, when you know what his will is, and this is his will, this is his will, friends. Kids, you need to know the Bible. In days like these, you need to know God's word. People tell you all kinds of things that they say comes out of the word of God, but if you know what God's word says, you can tell them the truth. You want to know how the entire universe operates? You want to know the basis for science? Not that this is a science book, but it tells you how the world operates. You want to know the nature of people's hearts? You want to know what God's like? You want to know how the world ends? It's all right here. God's word the will of God. And when you know what God wants, when you know his will, you can stand against the crowd. You can stand against the crowd. And I can tell you one thing for certain. You can't stop death. You can postpone it through good health, but you can't stop it. People in a fear-filled, forever pandemic need to hear about Jesus, and Christians need to be encouraged to live and to die well. Can I hear an amen to that? verse 56 and he said behold I see the heavens open and the son of man standing at the right hand of God when you rightly stand against the crowd God gives you vision God gives you godly vision when you have godly vision you can see what the spiritually blind cannot see now notice the wording here it says here the heavens were opened the heavens were opened the heavens were open, literally in the Greek there is a very unusual formation of words. In fact, it's only manifested for Ezekiel, Jesus at his baptism, and the revelation of St. John, where the heavenly temple and the final judgment are given in visions. Daniel saw something similar, but the wording like this isn't used. And notice what Stephen sees. He sees a son of man standing at the right hand of God. The heavens are open, and Stephen saw what Daniel saw. What did Daniel see? He saw a vision into the control room of heaven. 
He saw what looked like a man. That's why it's described as a son of man. But he's doing the things of God. He's reigning and ruling over the cosmos. He's controlling all things. The angels are coming in obedience to him. What is the son of man? It's the God-man, Christ Jesus. 100% God, 100% man reigning and ruling over all things and Stephen sees him but he sees him in a peculiar way the son of man normally seated and ruling stands for this despised martyr who stands against the crowd and boldly testifies of him going on to verse 57 of chapter 7 but they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and rushed together at him then they cast him out of the city and stoned him and the witnesses laid their garments at the feet of a young man named Saul. Does this sound familiar to you? Have you seen stuff like this happen recently? This kind of stuff's going on in our land now. You see, when people go and protest against abortion clinics, protesting against our sacrifice of infants, we see the crowds will come out and stop their ears and scream out and rush against them. When students for pro-life on college campuses set up their table, people stop their ears and scream and rush at them and attack them and turn their tables over. When people try to preach the gospel in public spaces, people stop their ears and scream and rush against them. Friends, there's a time to be bold. There's a time to speak truth and to offend. There's a time to stand against the crowd. Friends, I want to say this. Many of our brethren in the church are correct. I think our posture generally should be winsome. We should seek to be winsome. We should seek to win people over. But sometimes there's a time to speak truth and to offend. Don't ever cease from speaking the truth in love. Stephen loved and Stephen preached the truth and the truth hurt. A devilish crowd will not be reasonable, so count the cost. Count the cost. You're a hater and an anti-science dolt, the crowd screams when you demand churches be reopened. Shut up, the crowd yells when you say that the LGBTQ agenda is an abomination before God. We don't want to hear it, howls the crowd when you tell them that Jesus is the only way of salvation. They yelled, they closed their ears, they bum-rushed Stephen, they threw him out, and they stoned him, and Saul was there going on to verse 59 and as they were stoning Stephen he called out Lord Jesus receive my spirit now stoning if you've ever wondered about it it's a very painful thing it's not a simplistic thing either it's a very slow process a person was cast out head first into the stoning place normally they were thrown over a cliff I believe something like this must have happened to Stephen. There's lots of hillsides and cliffsides around Jerusalem. They ran him out of the city. It's all rocky there. Remember, they tried to do this to Jesus when Jesus came to his hometown. And he read from the scroll of Isaiah. And he proclaimed himself the fulfiller as Messiah. And they got mad. First, they started asking questions Is this not the carpenter's son? Isn't this Jesus, the hometown boy? We know his brothers and sisters. His mom's among us. Who does he think he is? And they took him to a brow of a hill. They tried to push him off of it so that they could stone him, but he slipped through the crowd. But Stephen doesn't. Stephen time, Stephen's time has come in the providence of God. So a person would be cast over a cliffside, 
And then at the bottom, they'd be turned over, and someone would throw a large stone on their chest. And then everyone cast stones, not pebbles, big stones. The process could take 20 minutes to two hours in length. In the midst of this crowd of murderers, Stephen calls out for the Lord Jesus to receive his spirit. He knows who the Lord of life and death is. Jesus is the Lord of life and death. Jesus is the Lord of life and death. And when your time comes, your time comes, and Jesus will receive your spirit. So where is their fear? You know, maybe you've wondered sometimes, how can I stand like the martyrs of old? How can I stand like the martyrs of recent times? Well, friends, it's not your own strength. It's not your own power. Oftentimes we've seen in the history of the church people who are very cowardly but stand in faith suddenly becoming bold and being martyred for the cause of Christ. It's because of the Holy Spirit of God. And when your time comes, Jesus will be with you. Your job is to trust. So where is fear? Where is fear? Jesus says, fear not. He's passed through the veil of death and he waits for us on the other side. This life is so short. Let us give our lives gloriously for Christ. And if necessary, let us die well for Christ. Look who was here. Saul was there. Saul became St. Paul. He'll remember these words for the rest of his life. This would have been a turning point in his life as he looked back upon the things that he had done and the great forgiveness that he'd received in the Lord Jesus Christ. Going on to verse 60. And falling to his knees, he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. Stephen, like his master, is in control, not the crowd. He chooses the posture of his death on his knees in prayer. Like Jesus, Stephen cries out in a loud voice in death and pleas for the forgiveness of those who sinned against him. Stephen, like Jesus, is filled with grace. He died like a man. Now, friends, when you look back at the history of the church, you see the same pattern. Jesus does it. We do it. Why? Because we're in Christ. He's our master. We follow his example. The martyrs in Rome, the martyrs in the Parthian Empire, which is modern-day Iran in the 5th century, those who were martyred for their faith under the Vikings, under the Muslims, all the way up to recent history with ISIS in Syria, the same pattern holds. People refuse to recant the faith, and at the point of death, they say, Lord, forgive my persecutors. They do not know what they're doing. Lord, forgive them. Remember that in the midst of these boiling, swirling times where everyone has an opinion about everything to the point of screaming, howling, violence, be forgiving, be gracious. Be filled with grace because God has shown you grace in Christ. Can I hear an amen to that? In 2015, 21 men were marched out onto the beach in North Africa wearing orange jumpsuits. They had their heads cut off with serrated knives by ISIL, an offshoot of ISIS. 20 of them were Egyptian Coptic Christians. They were kidnapped, they were tortured. They were forced into a position of rejecting the faith, and all of them refused to recant the Lord Jesus Christ. At the point of death, they cried out, Ya Rabbi Yeshua, 
oh Lord Jesus now you may notice there's 21 martyrs and I mentioned 21 Egyptian Coptics there was a Ghanaian among them he'd gotten swooped up in this kidnapping plot he wasn't a Christian but as he watched those Egyptian Christians and their faith he was inspired he was transformed he was converted by the spirit of God and when they came to him and they said reject the Lord Jesus he said their God is my God and he likewise was executed are you ready to stand against the crowd you can because you are indwelled with the same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead and the same Holy Spirit that filled Stephen in 1555 Protestant Thomas Hawks was discovered to have refused to have his infant son baptized by a priest into the Roman Catholic Church he was arrested, tried, imprisoned, and sentenced to death by burning at the stake. Visited by friends in prison, they asked him to give them a sign if one was able to endure the flames, and the sign was lifting hands to heaven on the stake. Hawks was brought to the place of execution where he prayed and boldly addressed the hostile, bloodthirsty crowd for their sins. He was fastened to the stake and a roaring fire was kindled the flames burned him horribly, and his fingers were consumed in the fire so that he appeared dead when suddenly, against expectations, he raised his hands burning with flames and clapped three times and collapsed into the inferno dead. He stood against the crowd and persevered till the end. Jesus overcame death, and he tells you to trust him and to fear not. Stephen and the martyrs through the centuries have trusted him and he has proven faithful. Stand for your king boldly for that is your destiny for you are part of the holy body of Christ that has been boldly pressing into the darkness and bringing the light for the last 2,000 years. As we've learned this morning, Christians stand against the crowd. Soli Deo Gloria, to God alone be the glory. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we pray that you would bless us in our time and place, that we might stand for truth no matter the cost, that we might stand as good soldiers of Christ, even if it costs us all things, for we already have all things in the Lord Jesus Christ. Bless us this week to stand firm for the faith, for we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.